Welcome to Lou Palumbo's Between the Lines. Problem solving for our future. Lou. Common sense, logic, and reasoning. Lou. The man that can't stand hate and animus. Lou. Stimulating the thought process of America. Lou. Where being right is not political, it's factual. Lou. Providing real solutions in real time. And now, here's your host, Lou Palumbo. As usual, the contention continues. Lots of things to have serious conversations about. As I remind people, the border is just hypercritical at this point, along with the economy and a number of other topics. So before we get rolling, though, I do want to just mention we're going to bump into an email real quick because there seemed to be a clarification that is required um, regarding a response I gave to an email last week. So uh, before we move on with the show, I want to address this email. Alistair from Essex, England, asks Lou, Our Majesty, Our Majesty Queen Elizabeth II, her passing is extremely important to the UK, and I would argue to our world. Can't argue with that. The late Majesty's grace and ability to bring her subjects together will never be matched. In your last show, you claimed that if you were Princess Diana's heads of security, she would be alive today. Do you think your timing was insensitive, and how do you make this allegation, and why during a period of national mourning? Um, it certainly wasn't, the, the response wasn't um, designed to be insensitive, number one. It just happened to be factual. Um, the, the passing of the queen, it's hard to even quantify in words what she meant not only to the United Kingdom, but as a leader across the globe. You mentioned that. Um, as far as Princess Diana goes, she would be alive. And the reason I say that is because it is ultimately the responsibility of her security to make the decisions that preserves her. Her security agent that day was a young man from the military named Trevor Reese Jones. I cast no disparaging light upon people from the military, but they do not understand the culture the way we do in law enforcement. I would never, under any circumstances, drive anyone I was protecting or allow anyone that I was protecting at a high rate of speed, especially to evade the paparazzi. That's just not a good reason. Now, what might be a good reason is if she, for example, was having cardiac arrest or happened to have been shot. Then you go like the hammers of hell. Independent of that, there's no explanation except a lack of experience, a really lack of understanding the culture and how bad this can turn in a heartbeat. Um, as far as this being insensitive, I don't think there's a correlation really. I just happened to mention it, matter of fact. The passing of the Queen, um, it, it kind of stands on its own merit. It's an incredible woman. Um, you may be aware I ran the security for Sarah Ferguson, the Duchess of York, for approximately 22 years. So I had some insight and understanding uh, about the Queen, and I began to become more aware of what she was about, which is why I can say to you comfortably, our foreign leaders across the globe should have the dignity this woman had. That's all. Our foreign leaders should have the styling grace and empathy that she had. She was just an incredible leader. There's no other way to say it. And we're living in times where there's a lack of leadership. 
if it was interpreted that this was somehow insensitive towards the queen, it just misinterpreted my intent. I just happened to mention that um, along the way. You know, in working for Sarah Ferguson, the Duchess, I also um, had the opportunity to be involved with Beatrice and Eugenie and their security, royal protection when they came to the United States. Everyone that I brushed up against in the royal family, including the royal protection guys, was a pleasant experience, the only way I can say it to you. There's a style there in the reserve that, you know, maybe we should just take notice of. I'm never suggesting that we revert back to some of the practices that they may have that clearly don't align with ours, but there's always something to learn from people. So please understand my reverence that I hold for the queen and in her passing and I also think a lot of Prince Charles, uh, King Charles, let me correct that now. I also think a lot about King Charles. And I think if the only derogatory thing we can speak to is the fact that he fell in love with someone else after marrying Diana, well, that's not enough for me, folks. He's just a human being like the rest of us. And we make mistakes and you learn from them and you move on. That's what this is about. That seems to be the only thing that's critical. You know, his boys speak for themselves. I think they're both fine young men. That's all. So I hope that satiates the appetite of that emailer. And please accept an apology if that offended you. It wasn't my intent. So for the record, you know, we keep talking about what's going on at the borders. And it's it's not that it gets funny. It's not. It's quite serious. You know, um, I've come to learn that since the borders uh, were open during the Biden administration, um, approximately 1.7 million people have been transported from the borders throughout the United States to various cities like Jacksonville, Florida, Nashville, Tennessee, Phoenix, Arizona, uh, Westchester Airport, just above New York City, White Plains, I understand, any number of cities. I don't understand why transporting people to Martha's Vineyard, 50 of them, required a response such as the National Guard. And by the way, I remind you that these are states that are friendly to the Democratic Party. They have strong Democratic um, voting habits and representation. So if you are in line with the politics attached to this administration, I would think you would be receptive to the fallout. Kind of simple. You know, it's, it's, it's not funny. It's rather tragic because I, I've said this on a radio show that I do live from 5 to 6 on WBOB. The FBI director, Christopher Wray, about three weeks ago now in hearings in Washington, D.C., came out and said two really startling things. The first one was that what's going on at the border is a threat to our national security, which really puts this in a whole different discussion right now and could lend itself to treason if we find that people are complicit to that threat. I'm not going to judge that at this juncture, but I suspect that it might be in the future. The other thing that he said, which was rather interesting, was that the FBI opens up investigations regarding China's activities in this country every 12 hours. Yet we're having conversations about allowing them to acquire substantial land masses. I don't understand this position about taking countries that are clearly to, adversarial to ours and positioning them so they could have a dramatic infect, uh, effect on our, on our country, its safety, its infrastructure. Just to go back a little bit in time, the current president um, held by uh, Putin accountable for the increase in gasoline prices and our, um, our cost of living at the time, which was 8.9%. So if I understand what the president said, he basically said to us that 
we position Putin to have this form of influence. I guess we're not learning is part of this discussion. But going back to the borders, they, they're estimating three and a half million people have crossed the border since Biden got into office. 1.7 have been distributed across the country by this administration. Um, other interesting thing is that, and I, I'm going to leave it at that, this and then move on to our guest. An interview that I witnessed with the Homeland Security Director Mallorca with Chris Wallace, he indicated that 20% of the people coming across the border was infected with the virus, and those who were coming in were not required to be vaccinated. But you can't hold a job, be a policeman, fireman, nurse, or teacher, and you're losing your job because you won't be vaccinated. But you can penetrate our borders illegally, and it's okay. The cuckoo left the clock, guys. In any case, we're going to go to our first guest, but I do want to just mention quickly Spotify and Buzzsprout, our sponsors. We thank them, and I suggest you delve into them. I think you'll find they're both user-friendly. We're going to take a quick break, and we're going to come right back, and then we're going to have a conversation with a young man by the name of Josh Penner. We'll be right back. If you're looking for peace of mind, look no further than Global Elite for your safety. Global Elite Security Force is made up of active and former law enforcement agents. Their force has worked at the federal, state, and local level. They are dedicated to providing the most professional personal security and investigative services available in the private sector. With offices nationwide and globally, this footprint gives Global Elite the ability to coordinate protection and security anywhere in the world. Think of Global Elite Protection services for special events, dignitaries, high-profile net worth individuals, and the entertainment industry security services, offering drones, weapons detection, shot sporting, chem biodetection, executive protection surveillance, dignitary protection, threat assessment, private investigation, and cyber security. They are the experts in intelligence and private protection services. Go to globalelite.us.com. That's globalelite.us.com to engage Gage Global Elite. Have you ever thought about doing your own podcast and found the process confusing and overwhelming? Well, let Studio Podcast Suites of Jacksonville make it easy for you. They have everything you need to record, produce, and distribute a professional-sounding podcast. Studio Podcast Suites is Jacksonville's only five-star rated professional podcast studio rental and podcast service company. Studio Podcast Suites provides two clean and comfortable state-of-the-art recording suites for both audio and video podcast recording. They offer a complete menu of podcast services, including editing, podcast art, hosting, video, consulting, and more. Studio Podcast Suites. Jacksonville's premier professional podcast studio recording and podcast service company. Book your studio today at studiopodcastsuites.com. That's studiopodcastsuites, S-U-I-T-E-S dot com. Studio Podcast Suites. Guys, we're back. And as I promised, we have a young man with me today, Josh Penner. He's currently the mayor of Orting. Washington. He's a Marine Corps veterans, veteran. He wrote a book called Strategy in 60 Minutes. He believes there's a critical gap in the world and that leadership remains elusive. Can't argue with that. I want to welcome you, Josh. And, um, you know, I suspect that you've connected some dots here, young man. But I do have to say a couple of things to you first. I have a familiarization with Washington, which is an absolutely beautiful state. I dated a girl who lived in Seattle, and I spent a lot of time there. 
and that's before the cuckoo left the clock there. Her grandfather, ironically, was on the board of directors for United Airlines and was involved in the lumber industry, so they had a pretty good life there. So I, I have some familiarization with the state. I want to ask your opinion is what's going on in Seattle, buddy? Well, that's a good question. You know, I, that's I'm why a, I asked it, guy. Josh. Stick yeah. with. <laughs> uh, I'm a little thrown off. I listened to your podcast on one and a half speed, and so so I, I'm totally used to a different voice. Um, you know what it is. I, I th- this is what happens to me, Josh. You know, once I get juiced a little bit on a topic, I become more animated. And I've been an animated person my whole life with an A-plus personality. And as you get older, you get wiser and, you know, you become more measured. And the thing is, I'm, I'm really trying to change the conversation in this country, primarily because of people like yourself. You're a young man. You've got a long road ahead of you here. I will tell you, remorsefully, I don't. You have probably mm-hmm. another good, good 40, 50 years of this crazy so when I start to speak to these topics, you know, depending on the nature and the sensitivity of the topic and how it just spurns me, I react accordingly. So, but sit back. I'm sure I'll get animated with you. In any case, let's sure. go back to Seattle. And, Seattle. And, and I have some familiarization, as I mentioned to you. I know they had a 1,200-man police department during the World Economic Forum, right? And um, 10,000 yeah. people converged, and they wreaked havoc, you know. And, and now we're in a whole different political discussion, and that's what I want to talk to you about first and foremost. For sure. So there's something about, you know, large cities on the West Coast, East Coast, wherever you're at, large cities are going to lend themselves more towards that kind of communalism where uh, folks are a little bit more reliant on each other than themselves. And that's not good or bad. That's just the nature of large cities. And so, uh, you know, I think the easy the easy answer here is just to say that, um, you know, blah, 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 liberal this, blah, 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 Democrat that. The, the real hard answer is to dig in and find out what's going on. And when you start communicating with folks, what you see is the same problem that um, many cities have uh, are occurring in Seattle, and that is being exported to uh, to a large part of Western Washington. And that's that is a legacy of the council and the mayor, the executive and the legislative branch not being able to communicate. And so, Seattle has been was a completely it was an absolutely gorgeous city. Uh, regardless of the politics, it's, you know, it's always a little bit strange up there, but um, beautiful city. And uh, about, I don't know, 10, 12 years ago, whenever the consent decree was uh, was issued um, for the police department and you had a couple of mayoral changes, you saw a complete breakdown in trust between the council and mayor to the point where it was antagonistic. Um, one or two mayors may have uh, may have wanted more uh, subjective measures to be applied to the police department. Um, and it, it created this situation that was just, a, you know, just a animosity between the idea of public safety and, and, uh, the idea of government in Seattle. And so, um, I can't, can't say it's going in the right direction or wrong direction. I'll say that the new mayor in Seattle has a much better connection with the council. I think perhaps because he was a council member before, and, um, you know, I, I think some aspects of the situation in Seattle are moving in the right way. I, it occurs to me a lot of folks may not know what I'm talking about. So Seattle has had this um, incredible uh, homelessness problem to the point where you have very aggressive homelessness uh, crimes. You even had a, uh, what they call it, Chaz, the, uh, you know, a takeover of square blocks of downtown Seattle. The during, autonomous zone. Uh, yeah. Right. Hey, the, right. Summer, the summer of love. 
Yes. Yeah. Well, yeah. it was uh, the summer of let's let's uh, let's attack police officers because they're the low hanging fruit. And so, you know, you had a, a distinct lack of courage coming out of the government of Seattle. Can, can I stop uh, you for a second, Josh? Folks. You know, yeah. you know, what's interesting when we start talking about the police, the people in our cities are upset with the police, especially the minority community. And who they should really be upset with is the political leaders, because the reason that they live the way they do isn't because of the police departments. It's because of the lack of leadership and policies that lend itself to them moving forward in our society. Mm -hmm. There's a little bit of irony here, and I think you might agree with that. I do want to ask you, how far is the jurisdiction that you preside over from Seattle? I'm just curious. Oh, about 30, 35 miles. So you're within striking distance for sure. Yeah. Yeah, well, the the challenge with Seattle, uh, we make a joke here. Um, you're probably familiar with the Space Needle. Um, it's you know that image in Seattle that every vote you need in Washington State, you can see from the top of the Space Needle. Um, and so, uh, you know, as a city-minded person, I'd say I don't care what Seattle really does if they keep it in their city. The problem is they 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 tend to export it out. Um, to the rest of the state, and that can create some definite challenges with the folks that don't it's agree. It's also with their, creating their an optic of the state. Interestingly enough, people like you know what's interesting about New York City is people think that's the state of New York, and it really mm-hmm. isn't. You know, upstate New York is vastly different. Long Island, after you leave um, the city's boundaries and you go into the contiguous county of Nassau and then Suffolk and out to Montauk, there's beautiful beaches. The optic that's being created for the state of Washington is not particularly flattering. And, you know, they're just, you know, I have to say this, that, and I don't like the politics. I don't know what your political affiliation is, um, being the mayor of your community. I don't really care. It doesn't matter to me. What really matters to me is the truth that is attached to topics. And for whatever reason, we have this phenomenon. You know, a phenomenon is an inexplicable occurrence. We have this phenomenon going on, not just in Seattle, but Portland and San Francisco and L.A., Okay, and in Houston, and in Atlanta, and in Chicago, and 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 across the country, and the common denominator to it, whether we like this or not, independent of anybody's political liking, is we have a democratic element that has abandoned boundaries and consequences. Now, I've heard you make comment um, about a lack of communication between, say, the mayors and the legislators. But is that why these cities are going to hell in a handbasket, Josh? Because it isn't just Washington, and they all can't have that same common denominator because a lot of them, between the mayor's office and the local legislators, they're in sync, which is really the problem because it lends itself to a lack of change. Would you agree with that? I, I think it, 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 you've got to figure out motivations, whether you're talking about leadership or you're talking about you know, a political strategy. It's about motivations. Who stands to benefit from the temperament of uh, who they're influencing? And so, um, you know, I, I, I do think that one of the one of the uh, allures of political office is that ability to influence people. And outrage is a tremendous influencer, and we see it around us all the time. And so, and it gets a um, lot of play. By the way, that's what oh, really yeah. get. It's like it's almost like the sizzle to the steak. It gets more notoriety or play than um, I would say day-to-day living. You know, we talk about leadership, and I'll tell you something ironic. In my lifetime, I had the good fortune of experiencing a man by the name of John F. Kennedy. And unfortunately, he left here way before his time. The reason or or how, you know, I'm not going to get into right now, 
But as I continued to monitor and study him throughout time and understand him, you know, this is the political type leader we need today. And ironically, he was a Democrat. You know, since him, the only other person I brushed up against that I thought lent itself to real true leadership and inspiration was Ronald Reagan. You know, I think he was inspirational also. But there was a dynamic attached to John F. Kennedy as a leader that he, everybody was just mesmerized by this man, by his charisma, the manner in which he spoke, the way he, he carried himself, and his ability to speak to all people which is absent in the conversation, Josh. I think you'll agree with that. And, and you know, you're the mayor of a city. It's incumbent upon you to reach out to all in your community, even if they didn't vote for you, right, and make them think, you know, we're here for everyone. That's lacking here because this is agenda-driven. The question today, Josh, is what is the agenda? Is the agenda to bring this country to its knees? Because that's the path we're on. Our borders are shot. Your major cities are shot. Your economy is shot. Our foreign policy, I know you probably have some opinions about this withdrawal from Afghanistan, is shot. So, you know, we need leadership. Wouldn't you say that's a a kind of a brief or quick synopsis of what's wrong in the country today in a very broad sense? We just lack leadership. Organized crime has a very interesting expression in New York. They say the fish thinks from the head down. You know, look, look who the head of the fish is here. We're not galvanizing this populace. We're further polarizing it. And by the way, correct me if I'm wrong, because I'm sure you watch the media. They're, they're actively participating in this, along with some of the elected officials. Are we living in the same world, you and I? Oh, the media benefits from it. Absolutely. Their benefit is to, is to sell that outrage and collect the ad revenue. Um, and that's not my conspiracy theory. I mean, that is, if you look at the ratings, you can see it. Um, I do believe there's a, a fundamental growing leadership gap, and um, perhaps it's all tied in with the same string of thought that you were just talking about. That um, that uh, you know we we have uh, we have on one end, and I, this is not an ageism thing. I think we have some folks who are unwilling to pass the baton, and to uh, you know are, are are once you get into power it's hard to walk away. And you see that around us. That was the brilliance of George Washington was saying, no, I don't want to be King. Um, no, eight years is enough. Um, and uh, now we're at the opposite end of that is what happens when you have power over decades, you don't want to give it up even when maybe you're not the best person for the role anymore. And so, you know, ego is a big part of this game and it's hard to divorce yourself from that ego. And uh what happens when you play defense? What happens? You can't win a war on defense. You can't, you can't win a game of risk on defense. Um, if you're always on defense, trying to defend your power, um, you're not moving forward. You know, leadership is taking risks. The interesting thing about the conversation is you touched on something very important just then, Josh. There, there are, and I don't say it as gently as you just said about passing the baton. I say it this way. It's time for some of these people to just go away. Trump, McConnell, Clinton, Pelosi, Feinstein, Schumer, this whole Nadler, this um, Adam Schiff, this whole generation of individuals that are continuing to fail in a leadership role. But I have to say one thing, truthfully driven, and I think any Democrat will have to agree with this. They've got a, a problem in paradise there in their own party. They have a young demographic of people that label themselves as progressive, and that's a misapplication of that term. I'm not sure they're progressive. 
Cortez, Tlaib, Omar, Beto O'Rourke, Julian Castro. It would probably entertain you to know that I handled Maxine Waters' security personally, walked in the streets with her during the Rodney King riots in 1992. I've been paying attention a little bit during this journey here, and I know when someone's toxic and I know when they're not. Part of the problem that the Democratic Party has is that there's a lot of toxicity in that party in different forms. Some of it's the older generation. Some of it's the younger generation. I don't know what happened to the John Kennedys and the Tip O'Neills of the Democratic Party. And I tell everyone, we need a healthy Democratic Party here. We need an alternate um, choice, so to speak. You know, I, I see the Democratic platform. I've been taking care of people my whole life in one way or the other. Financially, physically protecting them, personally, occupationally. No one understands the concept better than I do, Josh. But you can't do it on other people's backs. And you can't do it with this agenda, this word you brought up, that lends itself to us being suspect. Is this being done to build a voting base, right? Now you're going to start to see me roll a little bit with you, buddy. By the way, we're out here entertaining almost 4 million people that have crossed our border illegally since this administration came in. How about we just take care of the people here, starting with our children, the indigent children, regardless of their race, creed, or their cultural backgrounds? Why not start there? Why not go to the veterans? Why not go to the elderly, the mentally ill, the homeless? I've got a list of people that need to be looked after here that we're just glossing over because we're so busy posturing about taking care of the rest of the planet. I have a simple question for people. Do you take care of your family first or you take care of your neighbor's kids first? You hear what I'm asking? And I know the answer to that question in this country. And this is all part of the problem in the thought process. But the problem is a serious one, Josh, and I'll tell you why. The media has decided to become extensions of your political parties. I think you'll agree with me, right? Okay. No, for sure. With, with that being said, they control your narrative and your agenda. On that comment, I'm going to take a quick break. I'm going to come back. And now this guy's got me rolling. We'll be right back, guys. If you're looking for peace of mind, look no further than Global Elite for your safety. Global Elite Security Force is made up of active and former law enforcement agents. Their force has worked at the federal, state, and local level. They are dedicated to providing the most professional personal security and investigative services available in the private sector. With offices nationwide and globally, this footprint gives Global Elite the ability to coordinate Coordinate protection and security anywhere in the world. Think of Global Elite Protection Services for special events, dignitaries, high-profile net worth individuals, and the entertainment industry security services. Offering drones, weapons detection, shot sporting, chem bio detection, executive protection surveillance, dignitary protection, threat assessment, private investigation, and cyber security. They are the experts in intelligence and private protection services. Go to Global Elite us.com that's globalelite.us.com to engage global elite have you ever thought about doing your own podcast and found the process confusing and overwhelming well let studio podcast suites of jacksonville make it easy for you they have everything you need to record produce and distribute a professional sounding podcast Studio Podcast Suites is Jacksonville's only five-star rated professional podcast studio rental and podcast service company. Studio Podcast Suites provides two clean and comfortable state-of-the-art recording suites for both audio and video podcast recording. They offer a complete menu of podcast services, including editing, podcast art, hosting, video, consulting, and more. Studio Podcast Suites. 
Jacksonville's premier professional podcast studio recording and podcast service company. Book your studio today at studiopodcastsuites.com. That's studiopodcastsuites, S-U-I-T-E-S dot com. Studio Podcast Suites. We're back, ladies and gentlemen, and I have a young man who's a mayor in a Washington city. Um, his name is Josh Penner. He is the mayor of Orting, Washington, Washington, which is about 30 miles outside of Seattle, where if anyone's paying attention, we know the cuckoo has left the clock. Oddly enough, Josh is also a Marine veteran. I'm sure he can give us a lot of perspective as to um, some of our foreign policies. And I think it's worth noting and we're going to get into us with him about this book, Strategy in 60 Seconds. But we're going to continue this discussion. And it, it lends itself again, Josh, to our priorities and our agenda. You know, the interesting part of the whole conversation today, and part of my problem, Josh, when I start to speak about topics, I bounce from gun control. I go to the border. I go to the economy. I go to the major city. And what I tell everybody, because this is the way my brain works, all intersects, intersects with the young people, intersects with you. If you have, you have children, Josh? I do, four. Thank you, buddy. So do I. We both have skin in the game. This is the world. This is the country we're carving out for them. Something has gone wrong here. So, you know, long story short, you know, we're in a crisis right now. We're at a crossroad. Um, I do want to make a correction. Um, The book he wrote is Strategy in 60 Minutes. I said 60 seconds. I do want to correct that. And without going any further onto my little rant, I'm going to come back to Josh, and I want to ask you about your book and what the book is about. Sure, it's it's at its at its uh, you know fundamental level, it's about not uh, well. I suppose as mayor uh, in my teams, but in this book and in the private sector, is to identify leaders. And then to support those leaders with training, cohorts, coaching, and then equip them with knowledge. And this book falls into the knowledge area. Um, There's a lot of folks who become leaders that aren't equipped to be leaders. They're usually high performers. And uh, that's the gap this is trying to fill. And so I I spoke a little bit about the growing leadership gap. Um, Anybody can be titled the leader. You know, you're a manager, you're a director, you're a mayor, you're a senator. Um, It doesn't mean you have the requisite knowledge and you it's incumbent upon you to seek that out um, and to find good resources. And this book seeks to fill out that resource. And, you know, I answer one of the challenges we have nowadays is uh, perhaps a diminished uh, attention span. And so this is a a little bit different angle than a normal tome of knowledge about strategy. You can go to Amazon and get a 400 page academic book about strategy. Um, This is something you should be able to pick up in 60 minutes, read front to front to back, and apply the exercises within. And if you apply those exercises within, you'll have a great understanding of the fundamentals of strategy and, you know, the the basics. You see, one of the things, Josh, and I'm going to tell you where your fault is, you came out of the military. She's okay. That's exactly, that's exactly what this is about. Hi, Chicky. Hello, Chicky. You got a good looking mother, I see. You know, um, Josh, the, the problem you have is you came out of the military where leadership is really at its best. That's the thing that's so interesting. So it almost handicaps you because I'm afraid your expectation of this culture is going to be similar to the military. And you know how great leadership is in the military. You can't survive in the military as a rule unless you are a strong leader in some capacity. Um, don't worry about the baby. I have no issue with that. That's, that's not a problem. I want to ask you this question, buddy. 
Uh, how old are you? Just turned 40. Young man, you got another 50 years of crazy if you just go to cardiologists and urologists. Bring it back on, Josh. Don't worry about it. Oh, I see you're advertising the city in the background. <laughs> you can you want to go play with the chickens. That's all right. You so. have political ambitions beyond this mayorship? You know, I, there are, we're in a blessed location, city of Ording. We've got good representation around us. And so, um, you know, being mayor, I never knew that I could be mayor. <laughs> That's a whole nother story. Um, perhaps something will come forward someday, which I know is uh, more of a let it be kind of uh, approach. Maybe might even be opposite of what I'm thinking or opposite of what you might expect. But, um, you know, I think things will come in time if they're ready. If not, you know, ording is being the mayor of ording. It's not, it's not lesser than anything else. Uh, I get to answer people's questions. They get to come to me in the grocery store and say, I have this problem. You know, I have a, a staff of uh, 45 folks that report to me, including police department and public works. And, and we, we have a wonderful team and we deliver service daily to the, to the folks that, that need it. Um, if I were to move to say legislator or state level office, um, you know, uh, I wouldn't be able to affect people as directly. I mean, the effects might be longer. Yeah, what, go ahead. what was your platform? What was the platform that you ran on? Because I gather you're a conservative. Am I correct? Or am I? I, I am. I am conservative. Um, you know, potholes don't care about politics, but uh, but you know, in our state, we don't run on party level labels at the city level. But I think everyone here knows that I'm conservative, and it's you know generally a conservative leaning city. Yeah. <laughs> Excuse me. You know, you know, one thing I did learn also along the, along the way, um, Josh, uh, I'm going to go back to the time of President Kennedy. You know, they, they coined the phrase, it was called the best and the brightest. They made reference to people in particular, our leaders that went to the Ivy League schools. They called them the best and the brightest. And we pretty much have surrendered our country to the academics. And I know that having been in the military, um, you probably understand what it's like to have to work on your feet. We don't necessarily have the ability to make reference, <coughs> excuse me, ladies and gentlemen, <coughs> to make reference to books. You know, the expression is you kind of make it up as you go along. You know, part of the problem I think in the country today is there's just a lack of common sense, logic, reason, decency, and respect. Very basic, basic fundamental concepts. You don't get, you're not taught those in books uh, Josh, you learn the importance of those characteristics through your life. I forgot the word empathy, big word in leadership, big word in life, period. I was a law enforcement agent. You have to learn to empathize with the police, uh, with the public sometimes. So, um, well, I, I want to ask you, um, what's the Heron story? So the Heron story, um, this is, uh, this is uh, this is pretty fun. Um, about it, it ties in with what I ran from Air Force. Um, one moment. Put her on your lap, buddy. It's no problem. Um, so I uh, I ran for mayor because I didn't feel the previous mayor was was leading in the way that they should. I felt there was a breakdown between the council and the mayor, and um, one of the areas that I was really concerned about was how we engage public safety. Um. We had a an overdose death of a teenager at a local uh, local place we called the farm, um, and uh, this was a place that 
uh, it was it's basically a flop house. It's it's where they distributed uh, you know uh, heroin, all the stuff. Um, you know, I've heard you talking about the cartels. Um, everything you said a couple episodes about the cartels is true, by the way, from my perspective. At the do you, city do you believe that we should just drone strike them, like I've said? Well, they don't they don't are, overcommit now because this is country. going to come back to haunt you. This yeah. response, you understand that, right? But you hear what I'm saying to you. You know the technology we have today. We know when you go into the potty and flushing it. We could go in and systematically and methodically drone strike them and put them into a whole nother realm of thinking, but we don't do that. But go ahead. I didn't mean to interrupt you. Yeah. No, I, I, they are killing people in our country right now. And, uh, you know, the Saudis flew 17 people into buildings and we went to war and the cartels killed hundreds of thousands and we just let it be. Anyways, um, there was this uh, basically a distribution house um, for stuff in our community. Uh, a, a kid died there and uh, I was really frustrated at um, what our response as a city had been over the decades that we knew about it because it was not a new place. Um, and uh, I did some research, found an ordinance that would allow us to um, declare nuisance properties and start moving against them, which itself is a pretty dangerous place for a, a government to be. You don't want the government to be able to take your house, of course. Um, and so uh, introduced that, ran for mayor. Um, became the mayor. And then uh, through the first couple of years of being mayor, you know, we, we really leaned into let's shut this place down. We know where the drugs are coming into the community, how they're being distributed. You know, we know that they'll probably find another avenue, but this is the big, the big, the big avenue of distribution right now. And so um, we, we started leaning into the property owner, issuing fines, uh, actually used a lien on their property to get them to vacate the property. Um, during this time, you know, my, I had tires, uh, screws, put in my tires, vandalism, people drove through my front yard. Like it was a, you know, the kind of, you, the kind you of battle sec- you, you have you a security a detail. Uh, I don't, I, I'm going to ask you why I'm just curious. And we can have another conversation yeah. about this off air at some point in time, but I don't know why you're rolling the dice because, you know, you have four children and a wife here and I would never get too comfortable, especially when you get into something that's potentially contentious or you brush up against sure. institutions or facilities that lend itself to the distribution of controlled substances. So I'm, I don't want to go off on a tangent with you about that today. Yeah. But you should give it food for thought. I want to ask you, how many square miles is your community? Two and a half in the city. And how and large, and we, how large is the police city. department? How large is the police department, Josh? Uh, ten, I think, officers right now. Ten sworn? Yes. Yeah. You have a detective division? We have a detective, yeah. Yeah, okay. Well, look, you know, you know the thing The thing I say to you is that, and, and you know, take this for whatever it's worth, that, you know, when you've finished um, accomplishing what you want to do there, you should pass the baton, help whoever comes in, groom them and then maybe look to a, a, a bigger position for yourself because you do have a future. You know, you, you understand the problem and your head's, your head's screwed on tight. You know, the sad part of this discussion today is that, you know, we're talking about agenda, we're talking about the borders, we're talking about the condition of the cities. I don't, I cannot impress upon the public today who are listening the importance to divorce yourself from your agenda, your politics, your insecurities, your esteem issues, and your control issues, and start to think about your children. Because if you don't start to, we're going to lose this country. I know they think it can happen. I tell you this, and and this is something I mentioned to the producers of this show, among others. Margaret Hoover, the the great-granddaughter of Herbert Hoover, has a show called Firing Line. She had a young man on Elliot Ackerman. 
you need to plug into the show and listen to what he says about the direction of the country and this practice that we started to participate in questioning the legitimacy of our elected presidents, which, by the way, Donald Trump did a, did a no-no. Let me be candid with you. It started with Hillary Clinton referring to him as an illegitimate presence. Look into this man and where this, where this conversation about questioning the legitimacy of the president of the United States intersects between the military and civilian society. So I want to get back to, I want to apologize to you and then give you back no the problem. floor to go back to the story. Because you see how my <laughs> brain works. You know, my brain is just banging all over the place here because I see we're in trouble, Josh. Go ahead. It's all right. Um, you know, one of the things he said is uh, separate yourself from politics. You need to listen to the people who disagree with you the most because uh, they might be right. Um, so back to the the Heron story, um, there was, you know, there was somewhat of an escalation, obviously, as we're working to close down this distribution. And um, we, you know, we did close them out. We, uh, you know, the, the farm is no more, you know, bulldozers and everything. And uh during this time, uh, it was about December, a year and a half ago, we were in a leadership training internally and um, somebody had said, oh my gosh, did you see the graffiti? And uh, I didn't know what they were talking about. And I said, somebody spray painted your name on a building, which that's fine. You know, during this escalation, you you see that and you, you're not too upset by it. Um, and they showed me the picture and it's supposed to say, you know, Mayor Pinner is on heroin, which is a very weird accusation. But but the uh, you know the the culprits misspelled heroin. They spelled Mayor Pinners on heroin, yeah. and you know it's one consistent of those with the moments. culture today, though, buddy. Because this is not this culture is not educated like it used to be. You know, Josh, stick with me for a second. We're going to take a quick yeah. break, guys. We're going to come right back to you. I have Josh Penner with us. He's the mayor of a a little community in Washington that he's making a big big statement here. He's written a book that I'm going to tell you strategy. In 60 minutes, I think you should pick it up because it talks about leadership, of which I gather he's very familiar with having been in the military. I think it planted some good seeds. We'll be right back, guys. Stick with me. If you're looking for peace of mind, look no further than Global Elite for your safety. Global Elite Security Force is made up of active and former law enforcement agents. Their force has worked at the federal, state, and local level. They are dedicated to providing the most professional personal security and investigative services available in the private sector. With offices nationwide and globally, this footprint gives Global Elite the ability to coordinate protection and security anywhere in the world. Think of Global Elite Protection Services for special events, dignitaries, high-profile net worth individuals, and the entertainment industry security services. Offering drones, weapons detection, shot sporting, chem biodetection, executive protection surveillance, dignitary protection, threat assessment, private investigation, and cyber security. They are the experts in intelligence and private protection services. Go to globalelite.us.com. That's globalelite.us.com to engage global elite. Have you ever thought about doing your own podcast and found the process confusing and overwhelming? Well, let Studio Podcast Suites of Jacksonville make it easy for you. They have everything you need to record, produce, and distribute a professional-sounding podcast. Studio Podcast Suites is Jacksonville's only five-star rated professional podcast studio rental and podcast service company. Studio Podcast Suites provides two clean and comfortable state-of-the-art recording suites for both audio and video podcast recording. They offer a complete menu of podcast services, including editing, podcast art, hosting, video, consulting, and more. 
Studio Podcast Suites, Jacksonville's premier professional podcast studio recording and podcast service company. Book your studio today at studiopodcastsuites.com. That's studiopodcastsuites, S-U-I-T-E-S dot com. Studio Podcast Suites. We're back, ladies and gentlemen, and we're going to finish the heron story, which is actually the misspelling of the word heroin. I'll let Mr. Penner continue to narrate, if you would, Josh. Thank you, Lou. So they misspelled uh, heroin with heron, and I had one of those light bulb moments, um, realized I could really make hay with this one. And so I opened it up to the community, said, you know, whoever can, whoever can paint, draw, sketch the best picture of me um, on a heron, the bird, um, you know, I'll, I'll buy them pizza, a pizza party. So, uh, we had, I don't know, a hundred submissions. It was amazing. Kids, adults, everybody, all ages submitting. It got shared all over social media, um, in the local news here. And it was, it was good. And, uh, and so, uh, somebody, you know, I, I give out four or five awards, pizza parties to local pizza spot. And then, um, they did it again and it made me think, well, heck, uh, you know, they spray painted another thing on there, misspelled, of course. And I thought, well, why don't we continue to push this? And so I put the the winning design on a T-shirt and mug and all sorts of stuff and uh, sold it through uh, through one of the Internet sales shops, Teespring, I think it is, and, and donated the proceeds to local food bank. And so, you know, taking these bad things, spinning them into good things, that's the real power of, you know, being being uh, having a you know having a a place that you can make statements and um really brought the community together shined a light on the you know the ridiculousness of the culprits um you know the folks who've been distributing uh you know these uh, fentanyl laced drugs in our community for years and um you know uh, i'm not saying uh i'm not saying people who are addicts are bad we have support for addicts what i'm saying is the people who are distributing them they can be drone strike for all I care because they're killing people, whether they kill them with a gun or they're killing them slowly with the drugs. Another conversation we're having off air. So you don't get bit in the butt by that, but you know, um, (laughs) I'm serious. You know what I'm talking about? You know, they'll be revisiting this podcast and using your own words against you. And we're saying some of it tongue in cheek. I'm saying it to you seriously. You know, I, I, I know exactly how to go about this problem in Mexico. We just seem to lack the resolve. I think the synopsis of this is that, you know, we lack leadership. You hit the nail on the head, Josh. That's that's all the only thing there is to say. We need someone that can galvanize this country. You said something a moment ago that's very, very important about listening to those who don't agree with you. I say all the time, never invalidate those who don't agree with you. And I like people that come on this show, to be honest with you, that are not necessarily politically aligned. But I want to say something else because I asked you about the flavor of ice cream you liked. And you said your tendency is to be conservative. So am I. But I'm very socially liberal. You know, I got to be candid with you. I don't care who sleeps with who. I don't want to hear about it either, by the way. You know, as far as the migration process, we had a gentleman on this show a couple of weeks ago, Richard Herman, that spoke to it intelligently. There's a mechanism, a methodology that introduces migrants into this country and helps them assimilate by becoming part of the labor force, which bolsters the economy. Not that... Myself and the other producers here, I don't know if I told you this, but you can get in on it. We're going to go to Mexico and give swim lessons and sell surfboards and, and, uh, and boogie boards so that people can cross the Rio Grande. This is ridiculous what's going on in the country today. 
And I'm, I say that, which sounds funny, but at the end of the day, none of this is funny because it's going to resonate with you, your children, and my children. My story, real quick, buddy, I got married very late. I had a wing-ding of a life. I built a, a private security group that I, I consider to be second to none. My, my reputation stands on its own merit, and I tell you truthfully, it was all an accident. I just love what I do. I'm very good at it. I have an aptitude. My children are young, too, 10, 13, 15, and 16. I got a lot of skin in this game. If it weren't for them, Josh, I tell you this 100% sincerely, I'd go find a rock and climb under it because the stupidity and the problems that I've witnessed in this culture that, are, that without need, you know, if there's a reason that we get into something contentious, you know, if there's a need, I got it. Let's come in, fix it, and move forward. We're just battling with buffoonery today. And it starts at the top. And it starts with this media. You know, I'll tell you something and I'll entertain you. I've been working for CNN since 1996 when they were a credible news agency. ABC, since over 30 years, I started with Bob Iger, who was the president of ABC Entertainment at the time. He moved on to become the chairman and CEO. You know these names. I worked for Hearst. I worked for Al Jazeera. I'm all over the place here. The media are at the root of a lot of this problem here. Do you understand how powerful they are? That you can come out with the message that the public needs to hear, and they will decide whether or not that message plays. That's a problem. Take a look at our borders, Josh, not to go back off into this border issue. How is it that Fox, you know, they say a picture's worth a thousand words, right? How is it Fox can show you live, in real time, what's going on at the borders, and MSNBC and CNN both neglect this? I don't get this. There's no oversight. Long story short, we have lots of problems. You're tapping into a very, very critical part of this discussion which lends itself to leadership because that can change the direction of the country. I want to give you, you know, the final word today. If there's anything else you want to speak to or anything that you want to say in closing. Sure. Um, you know, a lot of what you talk about just resonates with a thought that's been rattling around my head. And I, I've made statements in a couple places about it, but I think it's important that I, I think you and I would both agree courage is a requisite of leadership. I say Wouldn't it all say the time. So? We lack courage. Go ahead, Josh. Right. And so uh, courage itself, I, I want folks to think about this. Courage requires risk. If, if we sent troops to battle using video game controllers and they were not exposed to battle, then you know, it wouldn't be a risky thing. It wouldn't require courage. Anybody could do it. Um, you know, it, it, it is something that is required is that you have to have risk to yourself, risk, personal risk, either emotional, ego, physical, there has to be some sort of risk. And so we're talking about leaders. We talk about the leadership gap. We talk about folks who are embedding themselves in this, this uh, culture of fear. That's the antithesis of leadership and the antithesis of courage. Um, so if you want to be a leader, you have to understand there is going to be some amount of personal risk involved. And, um, you know, I believe you can do it. You know, the folks who are listening to this and I want to be there to be part of your support. I want to thank you for coming. I want to thank you for coming on with us today, Josh. And, and the thing I want you to do is promise you're going to come back. We need to continue this conversation. And um, I do just want to mention again, um, this young man, Josh Penner is the president of Orting, Orting, you're, Orting. He's the mayor, excuse me, the mayor of Orting in Washington. <laughs> He's written yes. a book, uh, The Strategy in 60 Minutes. 
Um, I suggest you read it because I can sense that it lends itself to some very critical issues in the country today, which are attached to leadership, which resonates through all of these other issues we're talking about that are hamstringing this country, like the borders and your economy and the condition of your cities. And I got to tell you this, Josh, in closing, even if the conservative element gets the House and the Senate in November, I don't know how we get our cities back. Guys, I want to thank you, Josh, for joining us. And I, I give us a commitment. You're going to come back. We'll be back in touch. And um, don't take this whole thing that happened in that heroin episode too lightly, buddy, because that's telling you there's a demographic up there. It's, you're on their radar screen, and you never know when it could re, um, rear its head. Thank you so much, Josh. Good luck to you and your family, and make sure we speak again, buddy. You bet, Lou. Thank you so much. You've My, been pleasure. Great My pleasure, sir. Thank you, Josh. going to go to an email real quick because we're running short on time. It's Lawrence from New York City. Asks, a we uh, axe-wielding man terrorizes patrons at McDonald's in New York City, destroys property, property, and mentally scars all in proximity, arrested and released without bail. If you were in charge of New York City, what laws would you have in place to make sure this man is given help or punished for the insane act? The first problem hamstringing New York City is the same problem that hamstrings the entire state. It's called bail reform. They've decided to... Um, uh, create this environment that people who are indigent or poor and don't have money to post bail are not going to be remanded. It's just total insanity. That needs to be repealed. We keep talking about helping the mentally ill. In fact, to go back into this most recent bipartisan bill about gun control was precedent setting. They talked about um, allocating funding for the mentally ill and school safety. I've not heard a single word in follow-up. This mental illness problem is a biggie, boys and girls. We are just waltzing around it. It's the heavy lift. They have to bite into it at some time. Stop worrying about who's coming across our border. Worry about our own people here. That's what I want to say to you today. We're going to close on that note. I invite you back next week. You can listen to the show 11 a.m. on Saturdays, BetweenTheLines.tv. My name is Lou Palumbo, and thank you for listening today. And please encourage other peoples with people to listen. We're doing this to change the direction of this country, not because I like doing podcasts. Trust me. We'll be back next week. Thank you. Thank you.